Hello, dear listeners. Um, you're listening to Haraid Anolat. Uh, a little bit of late um, because of the traffic t- um, to get here, but Baruch Hashem, we're here. And uh, today, uh, Wednesday, October 29, uh, this is live broadcast, and you are listening to JRoot Radio, um, a radio show um, called Haraid Anolat. We're dealing with issues of Chinuch Yiladim, of education. And let me to remind you, uh, new listeners, that actually this uh, radio show is geared for you, parents and teachers, and uh, everybody who has something to do with uh, raising children um, now or in the future. And dear listeners, um, today... We're going to speak about one of the issues, um, the major issues um, of Chinuch Yeladim. And I would like to speak about um, a few points uh, to erase a few um, um, views, few perspectives that we have to illuminate um, before we approaching um, to the topic of raising children itself. Well, I have heard some parents, um, they say, you know what, I don't think I have to learn something from any lecturer or books or people who are dealing with Chinuch Yiladim. You know, I convinced that um, education, if you want your child to behave as well, if you want him to inheriting your um, your values that you are actually trying to give him, you have to pray, and only pray can help you. Because parents say, we saw a lot of parents that didn't know how to educate their child. They just had pray and pray and pray, and they had a right for Banim Tzadikim, and we also know other people um, that actually made everything, learned a lot of books, had a lot of lectures. They had a great knowledge, but actually, um, when, we, when you look at the reality of their home, you see that their children um, actually lost the way. So there are people convenient um, um, that they, they think that it's nothing. You should not have to learn about how to raise your child because it doesn't depend on your abilities. It only depends by siyata dishmaya, by tefillot. Well, it's pretty hard um, in first sight um, to, to prove what actually is the real view of education? Well, I would like to tell you a story um, that actually can demonstrate uh, the point I would like to make clear. And uh, first of all, let's say the, the announcement, the statement. We have to say, first of all, that it is not truth. I mean, we all know that everything depends in Siyat in Bitachan confidence, Bitachon Bashem, 
every one of us know it as well. But people sometimes forget that actually we have the duty of doing what we can do. Um, the duty to learn how to behave with our children, to know what is the right way and to make the maximum we can to help our children to growing up as well. And nobody can say, it doesn't depend of me, it is not my uh, responsibility. It's not truth. Like any other things in a life, we have um, the responsibility for the consequences. I mean, when you tell to such kind of parents, tell me, how many hours you working in your job? And he says 10 hours, and you ask why? Two hours doesn't enough for you? And he say, no, what are you talking about? I have to calculate my family. I have to feed my children. I have to pay for their school, for grocery, for bills. I have to pay for it. I don't wait to anyone to help me. I do as much as I can to succeed in my panasa, in my income. And you ask him, wait a minute, why? Why don't you pray? Why don't you uh, trust Hashem that He will help you? No, he says, no. I know it's everything depend of me. Just like Rabbi Lazar ben Dodia said, But we confuse the thing. We have to know that in a spiritual thing, we have the all the abilities to make our choice. This is the power of making choice. And we have to do everything we can when we speak about this, about the spiritual things in a life. And when we talk about about parnasa, about the material things of the life, then we have trust Hashem. Then we have to say, I have to do the minimum of my ishtadlut to try, and Hashem will send me the parnasa. But people just make the opposite. They, they make it upside down. Well, listen, before I tell you the story, I would like to remind you um, the ways how you can, can contact us. And you can start, send us your uh, text messages with your questions, your commands, um, your response. And also, we have um, uh, other ways to contact. We have a phone line. We have a phone line for listening live. You can call in. I will give you all details right now. But first of all, let me to remind you that we have um, our new website uh, that you can also listen to our radio show um, through this uh, website. Um, uh, the website address is abraham dash Barzilai.com. I repeat, Abraham-Barzilai.com. This is our website, and you can send your questions also for this particular radio show uh, through our website. We have the button of uh, Ask the Rabbi. Uh, you type your questions, your commands, and we receive it online, and we, Bezat uh, Hashem, um, give you the answers. 
You can also tell your friends they can listen in live uh, worldwide. Our phone line to listening live is 712-432-4217. I repeat, 712-432-4217. You can also text us um, a text message. Our phone number for texting only is 347 347- Nine two seven eighty three ninety eight. I repeat, text messages you can send us via three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. Bezat Hashem. Before we start, uh, we should listening to a little bit of music and. Let me tell you that um, after that, we should tell you also about my uh, closing uh, visit. I will visit in New York, Bezrat Hashem, in the end of December, and we have a parenting course, especially a special course that we open in Brooklyn and in Queens, in English and in Hebrew, uh, day studies and night studies, all details um, after a little bit of uh, musical break. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Bye-bye.
Education at gmail.com or info at abraham-barzilai.com. Well, as I promised, 
I want to tell you a story. There was one man, uh, he was very poor. He had a lot of issues with Parnassa, and all the family um, was growing in really, really poorness. And I didn't know what to do. The day passed, and his uh, oldest um, daughter was about to get married, but for the side of the Chatan, for the side of um, the Kala, has nothing to give for the new couple. Though. So they didn't know what to do, and the Shidduch was almost break, and no one can help him. Well, he had a hard time, and he thought, Chas Shalom, to a suicide. And that day that he planning his suicide, he came home back, and suddenly his wife tells him, you know what, I have a special idea for us. A special idea can make some money. So he responds, so what is your suggestion? She told him, do you have a few coins? Yeah, I have some. I just want you um, to get um, to the market, and I want you to buy some fabrics, and I want you to buy some long sticks, and I want you to buy a candle. What are you talking about? Are you out of your mind? This is our last money. I'm going to spend enough for fabrics. For a candle? What for? So his wife told him, trust me, go buy it, and then when you come back, I'll tell you what you're going to do with this stuff. He thought to himself, I have nothing to lose. He went to the market, he bought some fabrics and a large candle, and he came home back. So his wife told him, now I'm going to uh, sue for you a special cloth, a special clock, and I want you to wear it, and with the rest of the fabrics, um, I want you to go in the edge of the city. And please, I want you to build a little tent. For what? I want you to, um, to build a little, a little tent. And I want you to put a sign in the entrance. And you have to write on it, Fortune Teller. What? Listen to me. You have to sit on the ground inside the tent, and the candle light, the candle will be in front of you, and some people will getting in, and they ask, tell me what you can tell me about my future, and you tell them your stories, tell them fairy tales. Meanwhile, you have some money. 
Are you out of your mind? Do you want me to present to a fortune teller? I am the unique personality in the world with no fortune. I'm going to be fortune teller? Listen to me, my dear husband. What do you have to lose? Okay. Okay. I'm going to do that. So he wore um, the special clothes, the clock, and he built a tent in the edge of the city, and he put a sign with the word fortune teller. He sat inside on the ground, make lights in the candle, and waiting for people to come in. No long time, and the first one came in. Excuse me, are you a fortune teller? Yes, I am. I want to know what things I will experience in the next week. Um, well, you know, you have to pay for the consultation. How much? Um, $10. Okay. He opened his wallet and gave him $10. His hands was shaking. This is the first time he hold a bill of $10. He quickly put it in his pocket and start tell him so much good things. I see in the future, in the next week, you have a lot of besorotavot and you have a lot of health and no problem with your uh, bank account and everything is going very well. He was so happy. He shake his hand and tell him, thank you very much, Mr. Fortune Teller. Next, the next came, and also he paid $10, and he told him good things. In the end of the day, he held $100. He, of course, folded the old tent in his bag and went quickly to his home and tell his wife, I can't believe it, $100. You see, my dear husband, it's so good that you heard what I told you. Now, I want you tomorrow to build the same tent in the other city, in the edge of other city. And he did it. And in the end of this day, he also came with $100. And that was his income, $100 a day. Pretty good. But suddenly something happened. In the middle of uh, 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 the day, very respected person came in with an expensive suit a businessman with an expensive uh, luxury bag in his hand and told him, look, I heard about you, that you are a great fortune teller. And you know what? I believe fortune tellers. I believe in luck. And I want to ask you a very critical question. And please be honest with me. Tell me, what do you see 
in the lock, in the heaven, whatever you see. Well, what is your, what is your question? Look, I have a lot of money. But now, there is a deal that I would like to be a partner with someone, but I have to invest all my money in this business. Now, if the deal succeeds, I'm going to be so rich that I cannot even imagine. But if the deal is going to fail, I'm going to be poor like no any other. Now, what do you say? Should I invest all my money, all my earnings in that deal? Am I going to succeed or maybe I'm going to fail? And believe me, the thing you tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. I believe in fortune tellers. Well, <laughs> this person was very scared. What am I going to do? If I tell him, do it, and he will fail, he will be so poor, and it's all my responsibility is going to do exactly what I tell him. But on the other hand, he has a lot of money, and I can make the deal of my life. There was a little bit hesitancy, but in the bottom line, he decided, Aniyei Rakodmin. I have to care myself first. So he told me, you know what? I'm going to give you a consultation, but it's cost a lot of money for you. Tell me, what is your price? Whatever you say, I will pay you. $10,000. Are you going to pay that? You know what? I'm going to pay that. He opened his bag, and he started to account $10,000 cash. The poor man sold the money and was so excited, he almost had a heart attack. He took the money, put it in his, in his own bag, and then he started to make some motions, just strange motions in his hands, like he sees something in heaven. He went out of the tent, look at the sky, and waiting for uh, the angels to discover him the future. And after a long uh, perform, he told him with a large smile, you know, dear businessman, I suggest you to invest all your money. I see in the heaven, I see in the stars, I see that you're going to be very succeed. I see that you're going to double many, many times all your money. Don't be afraid. Just invest all your money in this deal. Well, this businessman was so smiled and he was so happy and told him, thank you very much, shake his hand, and went out um, of the tent. When he was uh, far a little bit, then the fortune teller make Vaifen Kovachova Yarki and Ish who looked around and he saw there is no someone who watched him and then he just folded his tent and running away to his house. Well the listeners
Well, the listeners, he saw that uh, he approached to his house and uh, locked up the door behind him, and his wife told him, What's happened? Why you're early today? He told her, First of all, I want to show you what I have in my bag. $10,000. How did you make it? Don't worry about it. He told her the old story, and now he tells her, I decided to not go out of the house because I don't want these people to find me. I just have to hide from now forever. I'm not going to build any tent in any place in the world. That's it. I made my money, and that's it. I stopped with this, uh, with this business. Okay. Since that day, he wasn't went out of his house, and he just was be afraid from that businessman to not catch him. Well, three months passed. One evening, they were knocking on the door, and he forgot that he is in a hiding place, and he opened the door by his by himself, and not more and not less, he saw the businessman in his door. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, uh, uh, he didn't know what to say. And then the businessman, the businessman, starts yelled, "You know, I'm looking for you for three months. Where are you, man? What do you want?" I want to thank you. And he hugged him and kissed him. What do you want from me? I want to thank you. I invested all my money in that deal, and I made it. And we succeed so much. I can't believe that. I really want to appreciate your consultation. Thank you very much. Now I'm so rich. And you know what? I want to give you some masot. I want to give you some money for my urn. He opened his checkbook, checkbook and wrote $50,000 in cash. Here, take this check. This is for you. He was so surprised. The businessman went to his way. And the fortune teller just stood in the middle of the living room, just freeze. And his wife asked him, what's going on here? He showed her the check of $50,000. They don't even have a time to be exciting and suddenly knocking on a door again. Now he has his confidence and he opened the door by, by himself. And he saw that the people of the king of this state were in the door. You know, Mr. Fortune Teller, the king um, heard about you from his friends, one of the great businessmen in the, in the city. And he heard from him that you are a great fortune teller. 
and you help people. And the Melech, the king, wants you because he wants to ask you a question about the, about the future. So please, quickly come with us. His face became so white, and he didn't know what to do. He whispered to his wife, what am I going to do? Now the king is going to discover that I just made up things and I didn't really serious. And quickly I'm going to expose like just uh, uh, someone who cheat people. What am I going to do? So his wife told him, you know what? So many years you didn't bring for us any income. Right now you had uh, $50,000, it's going to be a kapara for you, and I don't care what's going on with you. Now, you can die, you can peace and rest, because you left money for us. So he saw his wife <laughs> doesn't help him at all. So he just took his tefillin and talit and went with a king's people. In a few minutes, he was stand in front of the king itself. And the king told him, I heard about you, that you are really great um, fortune teller. Now, I have a question for you. And um, I hope that you're really serious because if not, you know what. Well, he just tried to stand, to stand up, and he told him, yes, Mr. Uh, King, tell me, what do you want to know? And I will tell you what's going to be in the future. Well, the king says, you know, it's not a secret that we have uh, a neighbor state in our edge, that every few years I'm trying to conquer uh, their area because it has a lot of oil underground, and I can be enrich my state. And every few years when we try to attack them, they respond very well, and we cannot do it. We always fail. Now, I didn't attack the Syria for four years, but you know the future. What do you say? Should I attack them? Am I going to succeed for this battle or not? Dear listeners, you want to ask what was his answer? Right after a small musical break, not before, we remind you our phone number for text messages. You can send us right now to keep sending us your questions. Our phone number for text is 347-927-8398. And, of course, in the end of this story, we'll make the linkage to our topic. And what I'm trying to explain in our topic of Chinuch Yiladim, stay with us. Don't go anywhere.
you can call to Ilana. Her phone number for registration for the new course in New York, parenting course, um, 347-893-9994. And you, Bezat Hashem, will receive um, a new book uh, of me that actually make the summary of all these six sessions. Very basic, very professional, uh, and also, if you would like to dealing with uh, making consultation for other people, and you want to help others, this particular course uh, destined for you. It's going to use us for uh, the first course for uh, advisor. I mean, for those who want to qualify to help other people, and why they want to be part of Haroyet uh, Anolad in New York, we want to open a new branch in New York, Bezat Hashem, to help other people. Um, so you can use this uh, particular course as the first one, uh, and we have a couple courses more, and then you get, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, the, the students, um, we, which most success in this uh, course, Bezat Hashem, uh, will be... Um, um, will be part of uh, of our uh, um, um, office of the Harayat Anolad in New York. There are people, we have uh, some technical issue right now, so we play some music for a little bit and we'll be right back with you. Please stay with us. Come on. 
Harry back with you, dear listeners, and we apologize for uh, the technical issue. Now um, we are with you. So we spoke about the new course with Ratasham in New York. It starts on uh, December 28th. December 28th. Um, I'm inviting you uh, to go on our website. Our website is abraham barzilaicom slash eng. It means English, the English website. Abraham-Barzilai.com slash ENG. You find details about uh, um, the parenting course that we're going to do in New York, in Brooklyn, and in Queens. Um, how are you up to register yourself and to ensure your place uh, in our new course? It's going to be very professional. It's geared for parents and for educators who want to make um, intensive studies. And Bezrat Hashem, as part of this uh, course, you will have um, a fold, a large fold, with all the summaries of uh, our six uh, intensive sessions. And also, you will get uh, CDs uh, with all the sessions recorded on it, so you can uh, listen to that um, again and again. So you'll be qualified and know how to dealing with your children, Bezat Hashem, on December 28th. Uh, it's not so much uh, um, away from now. So hurry up to register. Uh, the phone number to register yourself is, um, you can reach Ilana. Ilana actually taking care about uh, uh, my uh, course. And the phone number of her is 3 Four seven eight nine three nine 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 four. Well, dear listeners, we're going back to our uh, story. Then the king asked, "Now tell me, should I attack this enemy's area, or maybe I'm going to fail?" So this fortune teller thought to himself. If I say to the king, you're going to fail, the kings of those days has some crazy. If someone tell them a bad a fortune, they're going to be very angry. He's going to be screaming at him and tell him, you're here to curse me. So he has to say some positive things. So he thought to himself, anyway, I'm going to die. So let's try to make it longer. He told him, dear king, I see in heaven that you're going to attack these uh, enemies. And you're going to conquer this place. And you're going to win all the uh, oil underground. Just don't be afraid. Right now you're going to succeed your fight. The king was smiling, and he told him, Okay, we're going to test your words. You're going to stay here in my palace until we will figure out if you're right or not. And that night, the king gathered all his advisors and the army, and the army tried to conquer this place, but in this time, for the first time, they really made it.
Daniel, the king, was so glad, and he told him, Oh, you are so special, fortune teller. Thank you very much. I'm going to enrich you with a lot of money. But from right now, I'm going to give you a very special room, and you're going to be my constant guest. You're going to live in this palace, and any question I have, I'm going to ask you, because you are really my treasure. Oh, no, he thought to himself, I'm your treasure, but you are my tragedy. What am I going to do? But there was no choice, and he lived in the king palace. Just wait in so strong anxiety. What's going to be the next question of the Melech, of the king? One night, the king's son sent someone to wake him in the middle of the night. Yes, dear king, what happened? You have to listen to my words, the king says. And the king told him, you know, we have in our family a traditional diamond passing from generation to generation in all our royal family. And the tradition of our family says that as long as we have this diamond, our royalty safe and nobody can take our kingdom from us. But the tradition says also that if some of the kings in one of the generations going to lose this diamond, he's going to lose his kingdom also. And you see that picture? Behind that picture, there is a safety. And inside the safety, I have the diamond. And every night before I'm going to sleep, I open this safety. I open this safety. And I take the diamond, I kiss it, and I put it back. But this night, I opened the safe, and I saw the expensive diamond was gone. Now, dear fortune teller, if you know the future, means things that didn't happen yet, you know to see that. So I believe, of course, you know the past. It means things that already happened, you must be know. So now I ask you, tell me, who stole the expensive tradition diamond for me. Who is the thief? Oh no. Oh no. What am I gonna what am I gonna tell him? So he thought to himself and suddenly he had an idea. He told him, Dear King, you know what? You're right, I know the future. But you know, this is a long time that I didn't experience to try to solve things in the past. But I convinced that I really, I convinced that I 
really know how to do that, but I need three days. But on these three days, I want you to give me the most fancy room on earth. And I want you to enter every day a meal, a royal meal, the best meal on earth. If I have three days with so much convenience, I promise you, I give you an answer, and I'm going to discover who is the one who stole your expensive diamond. <laughs> he told to himself, if anyway I'm going to die, at least give me three days to live uh, as a king by myself. I earned so much money, and I didn't have a sufficient time to enjoy my money. So at least I want to live in the best way, with all the pleasures, for three days before I'm going to die. After three days, I tell him, I don't know. And then he probably is going to kill me. The king said, no problem. You get all what you ask. Meanwhile, who were the real, who was the real thief? Well, there were three of the assistants of the king that actually, um, they were so close um, uh, to the king, so the king has no any suspicious about him. He trusts them more than he trusts his own son. And even when the diamond was lost, he didn't have a speeches for them for anything. He trusts them just like I don't know what. But you know, the money can uh, uh, dazzle us, so they took the diamond. And they thought in one of the uh, fancy rooms in, in the palace, and they spoke between them. One of them said, you heard about the fortune teller? He told the king that three days away, he's going to tell him who stole the diamond. What are we going to do? He's going to expose us. So the other told him, you know, our king is so stupid. He's so innocent. He believe anyone. This fortune teller doesn't know anything. We have nothing to worry about. But you know what? Maybe he's serious. So one of them decided and said, you know what, tomorrow, 2 p.m. o'clock, I'm going to enter to his room and I speak with him. And let's see if he's uh, serious or he just pretend himself that he knows something. Tomorrow at, at 2 p.m. exactly, one of the assistants of the king came into his room, but... When he walked in the hall toward his room, uh, the assistants of the royal kitchen came to give the, you know, the, the special meal for the fortune teller. And accidentally, they went in the door together. And they just came in. And the fortune teller looked at him and says, Oh, 
Herod the first came. He means for the one who gave him the meal. But the assistant of the king saw that he, meaning to him. So he was so scared and ran away to his friend and told him, and told him you know what? I just stood in, a, in the door. In the moment he saw me, he told me, Oh, here is the first one came. He knows about us. I'm telling you, he knows about us. So the other says, No, you saw, you're just in panic. I'm going to check him tomorrow. Don't worry about it. And tomorrow, 2 p.m. o'clock, from heaven, Minashamayim, they was timing at the same time with the uh, with the someone who gives who gives the meal to the fortune teller, and the fortune teller look at them and says, "Oh, here is the second game. Oh no, he ran away and tell to his friend. At the moment he saw me, he says, "Here is the second game," and also happened with the third one. So in the evening before he has to tell to the Melech, to the king, who was the thief, they came to him and brought him back the diamond and say, please don't discover, don't tell the king that we are the thief. Please, please, please. <laughs> he didn't know what's happening here. He gave it to the king and asked for him, please, I promise them that you're going to give them the forgiveness. And the Melech was so glad, so he skipped it. But, dear listeners, what's going on with our fortune teller? He's so scared. What's going to be with me? The Melech is going to catch me that I just chased him. What am I going to do? So he decided to have to make himself like crazy, like he's out of his mind. If I will be out of my mind... The Melech is going to send me out, and I save my life. But what should I do? If I do some strange things, the king says, okay, he is a fortune teller. He makes a communication with the angels in heaven, so he makes some strange motions. I have to do something so strange that even for fortune teller, it's so strange that the Melech, the king, is going to throw me out of his palace. He thought... And a crazy idea had a mind. The Melech has a sound that he was um, he was used to rest um, every afternoon for two hours. He used to um, to lay in a large bed in in a private sauna, and he went on the path to his sauna when he was sleeping he opened the door and he saw the king laid on a bed sleeping very deep he said and took his right hand and smacked the melech with all his power the melech opened his eyes didn't understand what's going on here and he gave him another smack with his left hand and running away and the king came up and start 
run after him to get him. When they was on a pass outside the sauna, suddenly they heard a strong, loud voice. They scared, and they looked behind them, and they saw all the ceiling of his sauna collapses down on the king's bed. The king's Look at a sauna and look at his fortune teller and suddenly hug him and tell him, You saved my life. I can't believe that you saved my life. You knew the ceiling is going to collapse us down. And you say there is no time for polite ways. I have to take the melech out. I have to take the, the, the king out of this place to save his life. Thank you very much. You are the best. <laughs> well, the listeners, at this point we end the story. This story wrote by uh, the Benish Chaim when he tries to explain us what actually depends on Bitachon Bashem, Emunau Bitachon. When Hashem decides for someone to have an income, to have a great parnasa, to have change in his fortune. So Hashem do everything, even if you make the all mistakes in the world, Hashem going to fix and change the reality by your mistakes. Any place you throw the ball, Hashem put a basket under your ball and you make it. But the all emunah vitachon is going about the material things of the life, like Parnasa, like the other stuff. But when we're talking about Chinuch Yeladim, when we're talking about spiritual things, we have to remember one rule. Don't make Bitachon of Hashem. Also, of course, you have to, to be confident in Hashem. But you have to, first of all, to you know, you have the Bechira. You have the power to decide, do I want to put some effort to raise my child as well, or I just say, no, I trust Hashem. In your parnasa, in your job, you also trust Hashem the same way, or you say to, to yourself, I have to do everything I, ca I can, just because I have to do the maximum of mine to, to bring parnasa habayta, to bring parnasa my home. Just test yourself. Well, the listeners, I would like to approach your um, text messages and your email. Let me to remind you, uh, your question, you can send us um, uh, via text message. Our phone number for text is 347-927-8398. I repeat, 347-927-8398. If you want to call in, our phone number is 718 5858, you're listening to our Etanolad live today. Uh, it's October 29. Well, the listeners, uh, to the first question of yours, we got it by an email. Um, this is a long email, but I just try to uh, concentrate it. Um, it's talking about a daughter, um, 10 years old, with a lot of issues of this. It means, uh, as much as I read uh, this email, uh, 
um, I impressed that this is a very uh, difficult or very extremely case of uh, missing discipline. Well, the issue of discipline raised again and again, and we're always talking about talking about that. And I think this is a topic would not end. I mean, also there are people that ask for it. And let me to recommending you our new course in New York, Bezat Hashem, on December 28th we start. Um, we, uh, we dedicate a large space for this issue of discipline because it's very, very important, uh, not for our convenience, because parents think that discipline is good for our convenience so uh, we can um, manage our home. But it's not truth. This is not a perspective of discipline. In our course, we shall learn what discipline means and why we should discipline our child. Well, um, as answer to your question, I just give you uh, the general lines of discipline and how we can implement in a house. You know that each one of us wants to feel that he lives in a safety place. Safety place, it means I have my job, I have my life, I have my home. People like stability in their life. And it's pretty obvious. We know that each one of us inspires for stability. When we're talking about uh, monthly income, when we're talking about health, when we're talking about uh, place of job, when we're talking about even uh, when we're talking about food, we like stability. Because stability this is one of the great needs of the humankind. When you have a little child, a child needs to feel stability in his life much more than us. It's very critical for him. And the most tool, the most thing that actually uh, demonstrates to your child that he is growing up in a stability place, in a safety place, this is the discipline. Why, you ask? First of all, you have to know that a little child, since he born up to 10, 12 years old, as we always say, he doesn't see himself like an individual personality. He doesn't see himself that he, he, that, that he has his own life, and he is a separated uh, uh, personality, and he's not uh, part of the group which called family. In the earlier years of the life, you have to know that the child sees himself just like a part of a system, of a connolly, which called parents. That's why kids are so scared to stay alone at home, home alone. And that's why kids, uh, about six years old, they dream in the night that they came back from 
the garden or maybe uh, the kindergarten or maybe from the school and they don't find their parents at house and they're going out to search for them. Because in six years old, they start to internalize the fact that actually they have an individual personality separated uh, from their parents. And it's very difficult in the beginning. So the most age to grant stability feeling to your child is since they born until six years old. It's very critical, but it has to be constant until they're growing up. Now, in the first stage of this process, something in the subconscious of our children push them to do, uh, we call it to make troubles. And why? Because when your child making trouble, he wants to see, he doesn't aware of that, but we define it, that he wants to see what is your response. If you're responding calm, in firmness, but you still relax, you always calm, so you demonstrate in front of him, you make him feel that he is in the safety hands. He is growing up in a safety environment, and it's very important to them. But if your child asks for candy, Daddy, I want candy. Mommy, I want you to give me candy. Even if you scream at him, even if you yell at him, and if, even if you refuse in the end of this process and you didn't give him uh, the candy, for example, but still you lost your discipline. And why? Because when we're reactive, when we respond as parents very extremely, we demonstrate the child that he has, I like to call it, remote control. He has some remote control with a lot of buttons. When he pushed the right button, his parents going out of the line. His parents starting to yell or scream, no matter how they respond, but actually they are going out of their peace. They're getting nervous. So even if you don't let your child to do what he wants or to get what he wanted, but when he succeeds to make you nervous, to make you behave out of your normal behavior, your child is getting scared. He's getting in panic. You know why? Because his subconscious actually internalized the fact that he control his parents. The imagine, the images in his life, who's supposed to be his confidence, who's supposed to be his support, suddenly, instead of protecting him, they're scared of him. He rule them. It's very scared. I give an example. Just for case. I want to ask you as parent, do you want a remote control 
that you can control all your organs in your body? Do you want control your heartbeat? Do you want control your stomach function? Do you really want it? You have to remind before you're going to sleep to pull the plug of the heartbeat working when you're sleeping. Don't forget about it. You also have, after any meal, to pull the plug of your stomach function. Someone of you wants a remote control which controlling his body organs? I don't believe someone wants it. You know why? Because it, it scares us. There is some responsibilities in the life that we don't want to control them. We don't trust even ourselves to control it. It's scary. When your child sees in his subconscious that he has some remote control, with him making trouble, you out of your mind. You out of your relax. It's getting scary him. And you know what? What's going on in the second stage of it? In the second stage, something in his subconscious push him to do something more extremely. Something worse. Because he wants to convince himself. He tells to himself, not by his logical logical thought. He's going by by the emotions, by the emotion. He says to himself, if I do something so extreme, the parents will stand stability. The parents will stop me. They prove me that they are, that they are really strong. And they control me, and I can trust them, and I have confidence. And if we fail again and again, he's doing something extremer and extremer, more and more, because he's looking for proof that his parents are stable and they have their firmness. And it's very important to a child to growing up in an atmosphere of, of stability. That's why all issues of discipline start with small details and getting worse and worse. You know why? Because in the first time, when a child actually sees that his parents are weak, so he's doing something extreme, more extreme and more extreme, because he wants to improve, to prove to himself that his parents are really strong. And when I say strong, I don't mean to hit your child, because I said it in one of, in one of my lectures, it was a series of lectures in Queens, and in the next lecture, someone told me, I, didn't, I still didn't understand why you say we have to slip our child. And I looked at him and I told him, did, did I say, did I say to smack your child? Yes, you told us 
that we have to show them firmness. Dear listeners, firmness doesn't mean aggression. We're talking about firmness, protecting firmness. You know, there was one uh, Arabic citizen that he worked very hard, and in the end of the month, he got his check. And he want the cash money, so he went to the bank and told to the teller, here is the check, I want cash money. So the teller told him, you have to sign here, and you get your money. So the Arabic citizen told him, I'm not going to make any sign on any paper, because my father told me before he died, don't make any sign of any documents, I don't want you to get in trouble. Don't make any sign. <laughs> so the teller told him, what do you want? If you want the cash money, you have to sign here and get the money. No, no, no. I'm not going to sign any documents. I want the money. <laughs> so the teller didn't know what to do. So he sent him to the manager. The manager, the manager saw the check, and he told him, so what's the problem? Make a sign and get the money. No, I'm not going to make any sign. My father told me before he died, I don't, want to, I don't want you to make any sign on any documents. I don't want you to get in trouble. <laughs> so the manager understood which kind of man stand in front of him. So he smacked him so strong and tell him, <clears throat> and tell him, Sign here, right now. So the Arabic so, was so scared, and he make a sign. Now go, like, now let's take the money. So he went back to the teller to get the money. So the teller told him, didn't I tell you, just make the sign? Why did you need for this smack? I told you that in advance. So the Arabic answered, yes, you told me. But the manager explained me. So I don't really mean to explain our child to our children that way. Firmness doesn't mean ag aggression. Well, this is a little bit of the issue of discipline. And let me to invite you to our new course in New York, Bezat Hashem Parenting Course, starts on December 28, the phone number to register yourself. This is limited. Um, you can do it by two ways. Uh, the first way is you can go to our uh, website, the new website, abraham-barzilai.com slash eng. It's leading you to the English website. And then uh, you can click the button of uh, our new course, and you can sign yourself. And also, you can uh, do it by the phone line. You can reach Mrs. Ilana. She make uh, she makes the registration three four seven eight nine three nine 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 four. We're talking about six intensive sessions that we will uh, learn, will study the whole uh, picture of education, how to do that. It's two hours and a half per session. Uh, so uh, 
we have uh, one course in Brooklyn and one parenting course in, uh, in uh, Queens. The phone number to register and to ensure your place, 347-893-9994. Our phone number for text messages of you, the listeners, you can do it right now. Uh, phone number is um, 347 
נותרת בנה, היא גם מרינה, בשמחה צולה. היא תוכן מהנב היום סגולה. בואי למשל, בואי, מבואי.